my name is Hunter Andrews, and I had the opportunity to sit down and interview Autumn Smith, the Young Adult Committee Chair for Gravenhurst Against Poverty, and Brian White, the lead on marketing and communication for Gravenhurst Against Poverty. Brian is also a co-chair for Coldest Night Committee. So the first question I have for you is how many years has Gravenhurst Against Poverty been with the coldest night of the year? Oh, that's a very good question. Is this our second year? Fourth. I'm I'm new, Hunter. So this is our fourth year. And um, you know what? The coldest night of the year is really Brian's forte. He is our one of our fearless leaders of this, this program, this initiative. And um, I think I'm gonna let him talk about it because he he's the master of coldest night of the year, CNOY and Baby Yoda. Here we go. Brian, four years. Wow. It's is learning for me too. I love it. Uh, so as Autumn has mentioned, this is our fourth year uh, being involved with the fundraiser. Uh, she's be, she's blowing this way out of proportion. Uh, she's a superstar herself. We're super grateful to have Autumn with, with Gap and all the projects that we're involved with. Uh, but so yes, the coldest night of the year is a national fundraiser that's uh, participated this year. There's 168 locations across Canada. I believe the event itself, this is their 10th or 11th year, uh, but for Gravenhurst, it's our fourth year. Uh, and we're really excited to, to be involved again this year. CNOI, four years. Brian, how long has GAP been around? What is, what is do you know the, the time span of GAP? Question. I believe Gravenhurst Against Poverty is, uh, this has got to be there, I would say five years. Oh, you're right. putting me on the spot. I should have rehearsed this. No, it's okay. I tried to find it on there. <laughs> it's probably on their website, Gap website on the about page. <laughs> the next uh, question I have for you, Autumn, is what is your role at Gravenhurst Against Poverty? Oh, that is a great question. That one I can that one I can answer with great certainty. Uh, I am the current chair of the Young Adult Center. So um, we have a committee of awesome volunteers that come together. Currently, we, we do not have a center yet. It is something that we are working on. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's coming. It's coming. The center's coming. But right now, um, because of the pandemic, we're uh, holding virtual hangouts online. So it's really a safe space for youth of Gravenhurst and a little bit in the surrounding areas to come together, to converse, to um, share uh, in, in you know, their experience of living in this place and to eat great snacks and to um, do creative uh, things together and just have fun. It's kind of a, a bit of a departure. Um, and when we actually get a space, it's going to be really exciting because, you know, we'll open our doors. It'll be a community hub. People come, can come in. We'll have different um, programming going on for them. They can learn how to code. They can learn how to do mask work. It's going to be it's going to be just a vibrant addition to an already amazing community. You know, the great thing about this is it's going to cover youth from like 12 to 29. Because oh, wow. usually when you're, you know, in your, when you're an older youth, I mean, I'm a much older youth and I still love to go into places where I can play and be with my friends and 
talk and, and just uh, be safe in a space with them. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a certain demographic, what, you know, we forget about people in their twenties, right? So um, this, this space will, will hold um, comfort for them and a place where they can gather and talk to one another and um, commiserate <laughs> about being in their twenties. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's, it's a, a phenomenal idea that uh, we've been working on for about a little over a year now. So yeah, it's really super. Okay. And then following into that, how many years have you been with Gravenhurst Against Poverty? Me personally, I'm celebrating my first year anniversary. Yeah. Okay. So you, I, I recently okay. became chair of, of this, of this program in which Brian here is the wonderful program coordinator so we get to work together all the time, which is awesome. And um, he's not sick of me yet, which is even more awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's been a year. And Gravenhurst Against Poverty is, uh, for me, the best, um, most well-run community-led organization I have ever witnessed. It is a community coming together, supporting their neighbors in need, there, it is a safe space. There is no judgment. It's just full of the best people. So it is quite an honor uh, to work alongside these people all, all the time. How much food is given out daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly at Gravenhurst Against Poverty? I feel like I need to get out my uh, impact report. It's, we, we give out 650 plus meals a week. Wow. Um, and, and the, uh, Brian, do you have something to add? It looks like, you know, number that I do not know. It's more, it's more than the number to help explain the, the process of all the food going out. So our food program has two components. And one of the components is a, is sort of a drop-in on Tuesdays, uh, where our neighbors are invited to come collect one fresh cooked meal, as well as then some other, uh, food items through our food bank. And then on Thursdays, uh, those who register in advance can be part of a food delivery program where entire food packages that include meals, fresh produce, and other donated food items then are distributed to the over roughly, it's gone up and down between 500 and 600 people every Thursday. So when you combine the two food programs, it could be up as high as 700 a week, um, and then extrapolate that times 52 weeks, and that'll give you how many we're feeding a year. Um, and the food packages last a, like a, a couple of days. Like it's there to really support um, support people who can afford uh, a large grocery bill every every month. It's a it's a phenomenal program, and you know the the amount of need has grown four hundred and thirty eight percent year over year from t- uh, like twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. So we like there's been a huge um, wave of of need, um, especially during the pandemic when people have lost their jobs. And, you know, small towns have suffered a lot during the pandemic because they've had to close, you know, small door fronts and people cannot have access right mm-hmm. to um, to commu- anything in the community because it's just not possible. So there's been a huge need and, and uh, Gap has very successfully pivoted to doing curbside and um, the delivery people are phenomenal and are there every week and just volunteering and stepping up. And 
It really is quite amazing. So we feed a lot of people and we provide transportation. We provide wellness. Um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into gap, right? And now we have the young adult um, component that is, is added onto that. So there's a lot happening. The next question I have is what does Gravenhurst against poverty do with the money that is raised each year? Mm, like, does it, go, does it go into programs? So uh, Gravenhurst Against Poverty has a few lines of, of revenue. Some of it is in the form of donations um, and, and straight up from local businesses and in-kind or cash donations. Uh, we also have an active fund development group that's constantly writing grants on behalf of GAP. Um, and the, 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 the funding is used entirely for all of GAP's three pillars of service that Autumn has mentioned, the food program, uh, transportation and mental wellness and everything uh, the community gives uh, goes straight towards making those three things possible. Um, in the future on the horizon, as Autumn also touched on this idea of a community hub, uh, it's going to be a multifaceted building that also includes 11 affordable housing rental units, as well as two emergency youth shelter units. So uh, GAP will be expanding a fourth pillar of service as it looks at, you know, serving the homeless community and, and creating affordable rental opportunities in downtown Gravenhurst. Um, but yeah, all of that infrastructure is made possible through these donations and through these grants um, and on the backs of a volunteer base that's over 200 people. So from a steering committee, advisory council and fleet of volunteers, it's a, a pretty incredible, beautiful thing that's happening. Oh, well, yeah. The coldest and, night of the year is the perfect thing to segue into that. Well, yes. uh, the coldest yeah. night of the year being our biggest fundraiser, right? So last year's uh, CNOI, we raised $90,000. And that money went towards supporting all of GAP's various programs. Wow. We're hoping to do the same thing this year. And Brian, how are we doing on our CNOI campaign <laughs> right now? See, I love answering this question, at least right now. Uh, Currently out of 168 participating locations across Canada, Gravenhurst is currently ranked number one overall in the whole country oh. with funds in, in raised, a uh, number of walkers who have registered. And I believe uh, some of the comics, comics Valley in BC may have just had one more team or two more teams ahead of us, but we're still leaning when it comes to walkers and funds raised. So that kind of leads into kind of my next question. Why does Gravenhurst Against Poverty participate in Coldest Night of the Year? So uh, the Coldest Night, as we've sort of touched on, is a national thing. And it's uh, the vision for the event as a whole is to support those who are facing uh, what are often referred to the three H's, hurt, hungry, or homeless. And when you look at the vision and values of Gravenhurst Against Poverty, those are perfectly aligned with literally the services we're offering and the things that have been identified as, as uh, worthwhile and important programming to offer. So the birthing of GAP, how GAP kind of came to be was after uh, an assessment needs uh, or needs assessment survey was taken in the community. And they basically asked people, what are the programs that you're accessing now? What are the good ones? What are the bad ones? What don't, what aren't you able to access? Uh, what do you need more of? What are the things that we can do to fill the gap uh, that's why we're called GAP. And then from that, from those results, we developed all the programming around it. So the community is telling us what the needs are. GAP is then seeking sponsorship and donations and support from the community and then offering to fill all of those needs that are being addressed. So 
uh, when coldest night of the year talks about what their messaging is and what's important to them, it aligns perfectly with what Gap is doing. So it was a no-brainer to be involved. The next question I have is actually for you, Autumn, and that is what made you want to start your team and raise money? Because mm. I know you guys have a team of your own. Um, we do. Mm-hmm. Team Let's Be Honest. Yes. Uh, which is based on the Hunters Bay radio show that, that my partner and I do. I mean, you know, Sarah and I are, are very much ingrained, I mean, in our community. So um, this was a no-brainer for us. We wanted to be part of something. We're also active members with Muskoka Pride. So, you know, um, we joined forces with them and are, are putting, you know, teaming up to, to bring awesomeness to our community. We, you know, I really believe that no one should be hungry. No one... Everyone should have home, a home base that is safe. Mm-hmm. That is important. So, you know, knowing that people in, in our community um, do not have access to those things, this is, you know, for us, it's a no brainer. It's just, this is what we need to do. Like this is being part of a community is, you know, doing your part and being active and, um, you know, helping those who, who don't have other options at this point and empowering them, um, empowering them, uh, through, through possibility. So, uh, for us, it's about, you know, um, being part of that possibility, right. It's, it's the reason why I joined gap is, you know, because, Everyone should have possibility. Everyone should have purpose and joy. And even if it's just for a short fleeting time on a Friday evening, there's something to look forward to. Right. So um, that's why that's why we joined and we love our community. I mean, I'm a, I'm a recent transplant. I've only been in Muskoka for about four years, but it is home. It is home. It is uh, out Inside my familial home where I grew up, this is the place where I've always wanted to be. And this is my safe space. So I want it to be safe for everybody and and home. How can someone help at Gravenhurst Against Poverty? There's infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. Brian, what do you think? What do you think is the best way to help? Well, you can start by visiting GravenhurstAgainstPoverty.com. And there's many ways to give, whether you'd like to become a volunteer or you'd like to donate or you'd like to get involved with a program, you have an idea for a program, start by visiting our website or following us on Facebook or Instagram and just connect with us. There's a place for everybody. We're as inclusive as they come. Or you can donate. I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's many ways to give. And if, if time is not something that you have a lot of access to right now, um, our lives are busy and we value that. But even if it's $10, $20 to give to a, a coldest night of the year campaign, if you have a jar of pennies that you can take to a bank uh, and, and cash them in and, and donate it to Gravenhurst Against Poverty, even outside of coldest night of the year, and every bit helps our community and our neighbors in need and um, awards us with possibilities. So anything you can do is infinitely help- helpful and appreciated. The next question I have, who started Gravenhurst Against Poverty? It, was a, it wasn't a single person. It was okay. a, a small group of people. 
and I believe it uh, began out of the Trinity United Church, uh, and some of the names in the early genesis of GAP was uh, Reverend Alan Link, uh, Joanne Twist, and her husband John Twist, uh, Bonnie Dart, uh, and it really was just this shared uh, ideal, this shared vision, this shared set of values that uh, there was a need and they wanted to do something about it. And from that swirling idea and group of really highly motivated and inspiring people uh, came this incredible program that five or six years, however many years it has been now, uh, five years later is this giant, wonderful beating heart in the community that just continues to give and give and give and give. So, And, you know, it's important to mention, I'm so glad you uh, brought up uh, Reverend Link, is Trinity United Church is actually a huge, you know, um, partner in what we do. And they, they, we work out of Trinity United. Um, they are wonderful to work with. The, the new minister, uh, Carolyn Chapman, fantastic. It's such a, a valuable and vital working relationship. And the United Church, um, you know, unites us all together. It's, it's really fantastic in, in uh, you know, their community spirit is just um, incredible. So um, it really is a community coming together. And, you know, three of those people are still, you know, that Brian has mentioned, very much involved with the organization. Bonnie Dart is our chair. Um, John and, and Joanne are, are on the steering committee in different capacities and really um, just great community leaders. So, yeah. And one of the final questions I have is how has COVID-19 impacted coldest night of the year in Gravenhurst Against Poverty? That's a big question. To speak to how it affected Gravenhurst Against Poverty, um, the food program had to had to switch from a drop-in soup kitchen to a food delivery program, and it did that without missing a single week. So you had one week where it was the soup kitchen, and seven days later they orchestrated the delivery of several hundred food packages out into the community. Um, it impacts Gap immensely in how the operations can happen, having to ensure that there's social distancing and masking and uh, contact tracing sign-in sheets. And um, it has increased the need in the community because if, you know, everyone right now is faced with the increased cost of groceries, we're all feeling it. So imagine how much more difficult it is for us to get fresh produce. Imagine the trickle-down effect that the amount of produce that's reaching food banks is decreasing because people are buying it less for themselves. So uh, the need in the community has grown and how Gap has had to adapt and evolve to meet that in a safe way, you know, minding all of the COVID restrictions and safety protocols uh, has been an immense challenge, but they've risen to the occasion and in my mind have knocked it out of the park to have not missed a single week because it's not like through COVID people are less hungry or people who are homeless now have a home. So we have to find a way to continue to operate and deliver that service to those in need. Um, Specifically how it affects coldest night of the year. Well, the normal, the non COVID experience involves 
hundreds of people coming together in coldest night of the year toques and completing a walk together. Um, obviously, if social distancing is a concern, we can't have a group of three or 400 people come together. So last year, in the midst of COVID, uh, we went 100% virtual. So people had an entire month or week of time to complete the walk and submit some selfies. And it was wonderful. We raised some, some great, uh, fun, important resources for what GAP does, um, but it missed a bit of the magic of people coming together. Uh, this year, we're still teetering. We have to have a, a virtual option kind of prepared in our back pocket um, that, again, doesn't involve us able to come together in person. Uh, but with some of the messaging that came out today from Doug Ford um, and the changes to the restrictions, it's, I don't want to jinx ourselves. It's maybe optimistic that we can have it in person. Um, but to do that, you know, we will have to have a COVID safety plan that will likely involve, you know, sanitizer stations at the, at the sign-in and social distancing. And, you know, we'll, we'll investigate whatever we need to do to make it safe for people to participate and safe for us to still hold in person. We're going to be, we're going to do that for sure. Well, that's all the questions I have. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Andre, great job. You're welcome.